0: Hey guys, Colin here. I just wanted to do an intro here. It wasn't really a good spot to uh, interject in the middle of this episode, but we were really excited to get to react to the news that Brian Konitzko released uh, with the Netflix series. Uh, Obviously, this is a really great update, and we just wanted to jump on the chance to be able to talk about this. Uh, So we are taking a week break uh, from our Azula series, but we will be back next week for that. Uh, Thank you all so much for the support and enjoy the discussion. Bye. And welcome to The Legend of Portalcast, a podcast dedicated to Avatar The Last Airbender, The Legend of Korra, and all things Avatar. And that last bit is what we're going to be talking about today, uh, because we got some very exciting news, uh, a little glimpse into what's coming down the line for the Netflix series. So I'm Colin, the main host, and I am joined today by Kevin. Hello. And Kristen. Hey,
1: everyone.
0: All right, uh, so just to kind of start this off, I want to read in full uh, Brian's post. Uh, he posted on Instagram uh, four days ago, uh, which at this time is going to be like May 30th. Uh, so yeah, on May 30th, Brian posted on Instagram with an update. Uh, so he attached uh, two pictures. The first picture is uh, Mike and uh, their friend brandon walking uh, between meetings and then the second one are uh, two plushy Appas in a box very cute Uh, so here's the post Um, and then we're just going to kind of react and talk about things as we kind of break this down so brian says mike and brandon walking between meetings from a short while back we're moving into a new office space transitioning into the next phase of production our core team is growing. We're writing, planning, and testing. Though there's plenty that's new for us in the live action process, we've been on this long roller coaster ride twice before, and a lot of the climbs, and twists, and turns feel familiar. Right now, everything seems slow, and we're itching to speed up. Before we know it, everything will be moving too fast and happening all at once. For those who are eager to see this new series and are asking if we have a trailer yet, Thank you for your enthusiasm, sincerely, but you wouldn't want to see a version of this series that was made within nine months. Too much Hollywood fare is fast-tracked, and the results speak for themselves. Thankfully for us and this series, Netflix is committed to doing it right. We're trying to make something special that will stand the test of time. A live-action Avatar series is a daunting, incredibly complex thing to pull off. A fantasy travel show with tons of VFX, CG creatures, martial arts, etc., And to do it right takes a ton of planning. On both the original series and Korra, when we were at this stage in the production, the projects hadn't even been announced yet. The difference with this Netflix series is that you all heard about it just a little bit after we started, so it will seem a longer wait, but we can assure you that everyone is making good use of that time so we can craft something beautiful and emotionally powerful. Also, we can make sure Appa is cute. We'll be starting the casting process before too long, so if you're aspiring to be a part of this thing, keep taking acting lessons and some martial arts movement classes. We'll announce how, when, and where to audition soonish. Thanks. Love, Brian. All right. So I want to first get from you guys just initial reactions to this news, and then we'll go through it kind of bit by bit and break down what this can kind of mean.
2: I have to say I'm very happy that this is a wait that's on purpose which isn't always the case with Avatar in many of its forms. (laughs) So I do like also that they're reminding everyone, because by this point, you know, all deadlines get pushed back, and anyone who's ever worked in anything ever knows that's what happens. Uh, They just want everyone to know, it's like, no, this is deliberate. We're taking our time. We're making sure it works. We understand everyone was hoping by now they would have a show or that they would have a glimpse at a show, but they don't want it to be like, you know, the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer where all of a sudden they're like, oh, <laughs> we got to start this again. This Ouch. is, no, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> As I throw some casual shade. Um, but this one is they like they're going to ha- when they have their trailer, it's probably going to be a full production thing. Like it's going to be a trailer example from the show. It's not just going to be something that they want off and then they go back and work on the show. They want it to be done and then unveil it. So. I'm happy though that they understand that people are a little anxious. But good. If I've learned anything, it's good communication always helps.
0: Definitely, and that's a great point too about uh, you know bringing up you know Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean that that's kind of the world that we live in now. I mean it's it's something like that happens. That trailer shows up. The public outcry is massive, and then that actually you know motivated the studio and the director to go back and change the design, which is just crazy to think about like that that would never happen in any time before this it was completely a product of social media and the response from all of these different fans yeah Um, and they already
2: have m night as the example of they just have to beat that bar which (laughs) isn't too difficult (laughs) yeah and we know these guys we know the work that they do and i think they know the fan base at this point is used to waiting and as long as the results pan out then
0: all good, yeah. So, Kristen, what are, what were uh, some of your initial thoughts?
1: It it was nice because it was a bit reaffirming. Because when the initial announcement came out, they had talked about how Netflix was going to grant them more creative license, the ability to uh, tell their story in the way that they really originally wanted to, and to give us, you know, a, um, a more appropriate cast and setting than the original movies were in, and so. It, it, it basically what I heard, the two messages I heard were we're we're still getting what we want. We're still gonna be able to have this, you know, uh, creative freedom through Netflix who's really been good to us so far and their promises. And also we want to remind you guys that while the announcement has come out, we haven't, I mean, let's face it when the announcement came out, it's not like we got a trailer. We got a single picture. Um, and that was all we got. So, you know, trying to help remind people that the production hasn't even really started. They're, they're making casting calls still. We don't even know who the actors are going to be. You know, these kinds of things take years. Um, So, you know, a little plea for patience as they slowly start to pull stuff together while also reminding people that this is hopefully going to be the show that we all deserve rather than what we got. So Mm. I like it.
0: Nice. Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel uh, very much on the, Same wavelength as uh, the two of you. I I think it's great that they were able to communicate this, um, especially because, again, as we've mentioned multiple times on this show before, when we were watching the original series, there was nothing like this. That hiatus between book two and book three, we were uncertain if there was even going to be a book three. Uh, There was no news and there was no way really for the creators of the show to reach out to us in a meaningful way and that's really kind of the benefit of this era that we're in now because Brian and Mike are able to communicate to the fans directly and be able to have these announcements and it's them personally and the announcement coming from the creators themselves versus a press release is such a huge difference because it is personal And that was what was so great about this post. And I think why the response has been overwhelmingly positive towards it. Because it is Brian kind of speaking directly to a lot of the concerns and things that everyone is wondering about. And you know he really broke it down in such a great way. Um, So with that in mind, I want to go in and kind of go into some of the things that he said to kind of see if we can gain some additional insight. Um, So, one of the first things that they said, they're moving into a new office and transitioning into the next phase of production, and that their core team is growing. They're writing, planning, and testing. So, what does that mean in terms of a production schedule? And this is so exciting because, like, this is actually the realm that I'm used to in terms of like film production. This is the stuff that I work on. So, it's like I get to understand what they're doing. So, you know, this initial part when they made that announcement, you know, so much of that is concept and story and trying to bounce ideas around the room. What's really interesting is that, you know, when Avatar the Last Airbender was first pitched, it was in the early 2000s. So, around 2001 was when they pitched it to Nickelodeon. It took them about 4 years to get the first episode ready to go. But what we have to remember is that they were building that series then from scratch. They were doing all the trips and all of the research to make that happen. But now they are working from content that they know exists and expanding on it. So I think a lot of the phase of what they've been doing for the past several months since the announcement has been figuring out probably like, okay, at least for this first season, what are we going to bring in this? What are we going to talk about? What are we going to expand on? What do we need to cut? And I think that now this is kind of an indication that they are now moving on to fleshing out more of what they kind of bounced around. And now they're testing things out in terms of visuals. Because again, this is going to be such a huge challenge for them. And yes, M. Night put the bar very low. But it's been years since that movie that shall not be named came out. And now the bar is higher in terms of what we can do with CG and especially with a lot of the shows that have come out. Um, So I don't know thoughts on kind of that. And now they're, I don't know what are some of your hopes in terms of this next phase that they're moving into with the writing and the planning and the testing. I'm curious what they're going
2: to do with the story. Um, How much of it they're going to keep, how much of it they're looking to change and what central plot lines are they going to keep intact and what might they play around with like is there some story that they didn't get to get to in their first run of the show that they want to start developing now because while it would be cool to just take what we saw of avatar to be live action that is also kind of i don't want to say boring but you know kind of been there done that so i wonder if they're going to experiment with any other plot lines
0: any theories on what those plot lines might be i don't know this is the Uh, time to throw out those wild theories man. i'm
2: so curious that's true just (laughs) spinball and see what happens no uh that's uh, i didn't actually think of it until i said that that was just like one of those i'm like oh now that i think of it i would like to see (laughs) if they experimented with anything else um or if they're going to say well we had some extra characters last time maybe they don't have jet in this one i know crazy Uh, (laughs) um But instead of having Jet, they're like, okay, maybe we do a deeper dive into the backstory of um, you know, Katara and, um, and Sokka. Or do they do some more with Toph? Do they do more with Iroh? Do they do more with Zuko? Um, or in, like in our recent thing, what do they do with Azula? Um, mm. I figured that this if there's going to be a time for them to kind of um, make things a little bit more lean for the sake of having a better story... I figured that's where it's going to be.
0: Hmm,
2: cool. Or if they're going to do more things like, you know, if they are they going to have a narrator? I think that would be kind of interesting, having someone, you know, like they do the intros with where they have a narrator. Will they do that during the show to also give like an overarching thing? Or will they just kind of keep it the way it is? Hmm.
0: That's an interesting point. Kristen, what about you?
1: Um, I'm really hopeful because I love the... Um... I love what they said at the very end of the message when they were talking about everything that they wanted to make sure that they were going to do everything right, pull everything together and also make sure that Appa was really cute. Like <laughs> it's
2: one of those things where, you
1: know, they the know scariest... what's important. Oh yeah. Well this and the scariest part of live action, especially with, you know, the freedom of animation is, you know, all the CGI and things are going to have to do. We don't want a tacky looking Appa. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, from the time that the last Avatar series ended with Korra up until now, you know, there have been some really huge improvements. Granted, they're from some very expensive shows, but like HBO is a really good one. I mean, the dragons in HBO are, were some of the nicest CGI creatures ever, yeah, they set the bar pretty high. Both, you know, with the popularity and with their actual appearance and performance with these animals, um, you know, we're not going to settle for something cheesy. We're going to want things that look nice and fluid. And while I'm sure the bending looking nice is, of course, going to be priority for me, the look and feel of the fantasy world is going to be extremely important too, because you know they created and fleshed out such a very dynamic environment with so much, so many different kinds of wildlife. And, um, you know, even once in a while you get interesting plants and vegetation, the swamp being a really good example of like, uh, something unique that's both real world, but also is very obviously fantasy, you know, creating these very larger than life fantasy style environments are not easy or inexpensive. Um, so balancing Netflix's creative freedom for them in the show with what the actual budget will be and how things will appear, you know, are very important. So the fact that they are obviously prioritizing the aesthetics of the show is, is important because we know, I mean, we love the show. We know they're good story writers. We know they develop ama- amazing characters and beautiful lore and myth. I mean, that feels like it's almost a given. But the challenge of now creating a completely new aesthetic through live action is probably going to be the most daunting thing. So their mm. assurance that it's a priority is very promising to me.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, that's a good point, because I didn't really think as much about the budget. Like, where are they going to focus their resources? Are they going to do a... Because obviously, they're, because this is a fantasy uh, thing with all this bending and um, spirits and all that, there's going to need to be CGI, but how much of it do they steer into? Or do they do, like, Game of Thrones, where they find just gorgeous locations to shoot? Like, you know, if they're going to do the Fire Nation, do they do shoots in, like, kind of older areas of Japan? Uh, do they do old areas of spain or germany or something if they're gonna do fire nation like, like is it, does it cost more to do on site at that point if they only have a couple of actors or no yeah that's true i would be curious to see where they where they go towards with the cgi because as you said i mean now especially after watching game of thrones I, and the bar is set pretty high for what people expect out of cgi
0: yeah absolutely and i and that's a great point that you brought up in terms of location because you know again you know game of thrones was able to Go to these locations that really made that work and they were able to you know make that happen and what's interesting is that because netflix is their primary hub is more on the west coast they actually have you know a little bit more latitude in terms of getting over to china or japan versus going over to you know Belfast, or, you know, Scotland and like all the different countries that Game of Thrones used. Granted, who knows? It might even be more expensive to go to China and Japan versus going to, you know, those different countries. So it's going to be interesting to see what they choose because sometimes shooting on a large green screen set is the more affordable option. But again, you, it it comes down to, How well you've got the digital artists who are doing the backs, like the backgrounds, and how much you're incorporating the like physical parts of the set that serve as the foreground that will blend in with the background. And that really brings me to the point that I I am very interested to see how they're going to handle a lot of these creatures and also with like the bending as well, because yes, they can do CG for. All of this, if they wanted to, in the VFX. But I think one of the big successes of the recent Star Wars reboot, and this was a huge thanks to JJ uh, Abrams, was that his focus too was so much on incorporating both special effects, the CG, and practical effects. So it's a question of how much are they going to be able to, if they can at all, balance in, you know, a Are they going to have like a practical effect Appa with, you know, like his face or anything like that? And the rest is CG or, you know, we have close ups and things like that, because so much of when Game of Thrones was making the just the dire wolf alone ghost was taking a huge chunk out of their budget every single time that he was in the episode, because that is so much time and energy that is invested in creating that. And that was a single doge. And same thing with The Runaways that Hulu did. They had their uh, the dinosaur that Gert has. And you can tell that as the season kind of went on, any chance that they got to have the dinosaur like off of the shot, <laughs> like they would do it because it's, it's expensive for them to do that. And yes, Netflix wants to make this vision happen, but budgets are real. And it's going to be really interesting to see how much they're allotted, and how much is going to be invested, especially for a first season. Because sometimes they'll do that first season, they'll kind of see how people respond, and then they can make improvements in the second season. Maybe they're like, all right, we got a lot of people watching this. We got a lot of people invested in it. Now we can put more money into this kind of stuff, as Game of Thrones did over the years. Started out pretty simple, no actual huge battles and then by you know the end of the second season we had the battle of blackwater bay so i don't know um as long as they don't duct tape a bill
2: on a turtle to make it a (laughs) turtle duck i'll be okay that
0: would be really bad i don't think that they would want to hurt the animals like that at all and we would not be a fan of that at all that's i mean they couldn't get away with it either well
1: and and to be fair (laughs) if you wanted to do this practically you would actually want to tape a turtle shell onto the back of a duck
0: Oh, that's true. Okay.
1: Technically yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been the easier way, but still. I'm going to run some
0: experiments. So I'll, I'll let you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, so I, I want to uh, get into kind of this next section. Um, and what Brian was saying uh, I thought was really interesting, and in saying that there's plenty that's new for us in this live action process, and we've been on this roller long roller coaster ride twice before, and a lot of the climbs and twists and turns feel familiar. Right now, everything seems slow and we're itching to speed up. Before we know it, everything will be moving too fast and happening all at once. So it's, I I found this particularly interesting because it's them kind of experiencing this journey of working with a live action show, having worked in animation for so long and finding the similarity. But again, I think that the biggest thing that Mike and Brian did that always garnered their success was that they surrounded themselves with people who really knew what they were doing. Sifu Kisu for the martial arts advising, the track team for the music, and all of the voice actors that they got, the artists, the writers. I mean, so much of what made Avatar great were all those different people involved. And to see that they are having a similar experience in terms of the pace with everything, can only make me hope that you know they're sticking to their roots and sticking to know what they know it's gonna help them make this happen so any thoughts on that kind of part there well
2: like i said well what's the um i'm trying to remember the the this old house the measure twice cut once kind of thing like you said these guys are they plan things out extremely well and as you said like you, they get people that know what they're talking about that know what they're doing like they their animation studio for example was fantastic for the series like they they knew who they were getting they weren't just getting like some like oh, okay we'll we'll see how the studio does so it's one of those things where it's tough to be patient but like you said it's like once it goes it goes like when you're sitting waiting for a train it seems like it takes forever mm. and then that same amount of time on that train for as fast as you're going seems to fly by so it, it'll get here i think that's the you know maybe the thing that this day and age doesn't have his patience but you know as long as we're willing to wait for a fantastic product and i am and i think at this point because they're not teasing anything it's probably all the better because i think if we saw a trailer right now we'd actually be like oh come on so where is it mm, whereas in this yeah. case we're like okay <laughs> just <laughs> as long as because i think once it's more on people's radars that's when everyone's going to start itching and getting antsy right now it's still kind of in the oh that's going to be cool
0: mm. uh phase
2: of my brain so
0: yeah Krista
1: Well, I think that you know and, and I, I know we all feel this way. this is kind of like redemption round, and what's really cool mm. about this is the fact that this is the second time these same people are approaching this. They have the benefit of knowing what worked from last time. last time, who they worked with, you know um, if if the seafood they worked with was perfect, awesome, they could always try to you know essentially recycle those resources back into the new one if they've maybe found new people or had resources that they wish they could have used and want to bring them in, you know, they have that benefit now. So what I'm really excited about is, you know, they might be able to draw back in the elements that made that they felt made it easier, more productive, more proficient, or more attractive, bring that back into it as needed. And then also to tap into new resources. Um, And especially after, so many new shows that are live action and fantasy based have been created. They can look at those shows and go, okay, I really like how this person or this studio did this, you know, let's tap into that resource and see if we can get that same aesthetic or that same quality of work into our new show. Because I mean, between like HBO and Hulu and Netflix and all these shows, we're seeing all these amazing uh, shows that are drawing in CGI for their, you know, they're high fantasy, urban fantasy, and sci-fi. And, you know, Netflix alone has created some pretty interesting shows as well. And so, you know, now suddenly they like, okay, we can pick from this pool of resources now and, you know, try to help draw that in, plus mm. also tap into resources that we know are reliable and good to keep some of the original aesthetic of the show, to make it so that it's You know, rewarding for the people who are fans before, but also is going to be attractive and draw in new fans who maybe aren't familiar with the original work.
0: Mm, That's a great point. And I think accompanying that too is the fact that Mike and Brian have always had such a high level of quality to everything that they do. The amount of detail that they put in. And we've just talked about it in this show. I, I, I mean, just how many different little details that we notice, just going back and watching the old series and things that we didn't even notice the first time and how that is so intentional with what they do to layer in a rich and diverse world. And we know that they're going to be bringing in, like you said, tapping into those resources that not only Netflix has, but I think that the really exciting part is that Avatar made such a tangible impact on so many people. And when that show came out, again, it was the early 2000s. Think about the people who are in the industry now working in CGI, working in, you know, graphic graphic work and VFX and all of this stuff. If they were growing up watching <laughs> Avatar, And they're now in their 30s or late 20s, and they're working in the production industry. I mean, I know that when I saw this, I was like, it would be a dream come true to work on this. So not only are you going to get people who are talented that you have around from Netflix's crew, but you're going to get people who are passionate and want to make this happen in a really, really profound way. And I think that that's what's going to make this really interesting from a production standpoint, because... The people who are going to be working on it—I mean, it's going to be a really special experience and a huge undertaking. And it's like to know that they could be a part of that would be huge. And that's what's going to be really exciting to see as they kind of bring in these resources and move on to the next phase. So again, uh, moving along in this announcement, um, Brian of course mentioned that you know we a lot of us are eager uh, for the new series. That we are wondering if there's a trailer thanking us for the enthusiasm. Um, But he says, you wouldn't want to see a version of the series that was made within nine months. Too much Hollywood fare is fast-tracked and the results speak for themselves. This, I thought, was such a wonderful (laughs) clapback and throw in some shade (laughs) at the movie that shall not be named. But also just in general, a lot of movies that are fast-tracked and you see what happens when they don't put in that level of detail and quality.
1: (laughs) Totally agree with that.
0: it's going to be really interesting, too. um, You know, again, like you were saying earlier, Kristen, what they've learned, not only from their experience on advising on uh, The Last Airbender, but also what they've seen themselves and the media that they've been consuming all these years since they've been working on Avatar and Korra. You know, there's... What we know too about Mike and Brian is that they are ones who pull a lot of research and they really do their homework. I mean, all of the art behind the animated series and everything that they did, I mean, they're talking about, you know, we went to China, we went to Korea, we studied these different cultures. We were so inspired by the animation style of Cooley and all of their experiences working on shows like Invader Zim and What happened from those experiences, everything they learned along the way, they brought to Avatar to make that the show that it was. And it's going to be really exciting to see what kind of inspirations that they have moving forward for this one. And I imagine that, you know, we're going to see some really cool nods to a lot of different mediums, uh, especially in the martial arts side of things, because right now there are some phenomenal martial arts shows Uh, And films that are out. I mean, for one, I just saw John Wick 3 uh, last weekend. And my goodness, the martial arts and fight choreography in that was stunning and so incredible. And then, you know, you have all of the old classics like the Bruce Lee movies. And you have contemporary shows like Into the Badlands where they are doing just amazing things with martial arts and we know it can be done. So are they going to rise to the challenge? That's the, that's the real question. Um, But again, continuing with this, uh, thankfully for us and this series, Netflix is committed to doing it right. We're trying to make something special that will stand the test of time. A live action avatar series is a daunting, incredibly complex thing to pull off a fantasy travel show with tons of VFX CG creatures, martial arts, etc. And to do it takes a ton of planning. So again, we've kind of touched on this, you know, talking about some of like the CG creatures and stuff. But, you know, especially the idea of a fantasy travel show, uh, which I thought was interesting that, you know, he really kind of brought that those words into that because so much of especially of, season 1 of avatar it's their island hopping. They're going from place to place and seeing all of these different locations. Um, you know, which will be really cool to see how they do that. But any thoughts on kind of this part from what he from uh, the announcement?
1: So, I'm really excited about it because you know, it what's really cool about it is for those especially for those of us who have seen it before is you know, you're already trying to imagine what this is going to be, in a sense. Like, we remember how the beginning was. It was really kind of a building up to things. Like, not necessarily a building up in pressure towards the final confrontation so much as, you know, we're learning more about the world, we're exploring with these characters, we're kind of like with Aang, in a sense, because while Aang's not new to the world, he's new to this time, and through that beginning and exploration, it builds your anticipation of the world itself, with you know a little bit of anticipation towards the um towards the coming conflict sprinkled in bits and there but the pressure doesn't really start to happen until the following season. So you know it is really exciting the idea of you know going through that travel again cuz again we're we're going to be exploring the world in a completely new format, you know, and and it's going to be really exciting to see how they can kind of draw on how beautiful that world was because you know, as beautiful as Game of Thrones was, let's face it, Game of Thrones was filmed in appropriate spaces. Um, If they have the opportunity to form in the appropriate places, whether it's places like, you know, out in China and and other Asian countries, which do have some very stunning um, ecosystems and environments that are unlike anything in the world. And even just in the on, on the California coast, you know we have what's left of a massive rainforest that trickles down into the uh, Pacific Northwest of the US in the form of redwood forests that are absolutely stunning and just absolutely breathtaking to look at you know they're going to have the opportunity to take that that building of anticipation of the world again and potentially show us around this new place that's going to look completely different and not just that it's almost going to feel tangible in some ways, because if they do focus more on the natural world and less on CGI, I mean, there are places on this planet that have been filmed and they could tap into that and just, uh, share some of these wonderful places with us because, you know, in recent years, we've seen a lot a really big push with documentaries of the natural world through, especially the BBC who did planet earth, blue planet and our planet in like 25% of the series is them just showing you these sweeping views of our natural world and it's in some cases it looks like it could have popped out of a fantasy I mean you didn't really need to put anything over <laughs> that and they can do the exact same thing they don't need to spend a really high budget on CGI for the natural world there are places on this planet that look alien on their own you know they just need to be able to tap into those resources so as a that's naturalist you, I'm definitely looking forward right to way.
2: it yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: But yeah, Kevin? I think Kristen kind of took that one <laughs> <laughs> and slam dunked that Sorry. one. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it no, was it's great. great. No, I loved it. Like, honestly, I like I couldn't come up with anything coherent when the Colin asked us to talk. But I like your <laughs> way of phrasing that, but, which is great, because as long as they frame it in the right way, because like Game of Thrones, I mean, a lot of places they were filming in are just, you go to Europe and you'll see the same places but they were built for totally different reasons. And, you know, this is... They were just trying to make it seem like it was what it was. But I guess when you think back to the first season, which is mostly them and, you know, kind of island hopping and a bit on the... And you can film just in a Arctic desert. Okay, great. You know, go up to Canada. Done. All right, you now have the... Uh, you know, where you can... The Southern Water Tribe. The Northern Water Tribe, I guess they'll have to do a little bit more with. But again you know maybe they don't have to do everything cgi maybe it can just be cgi shots of the whole northern air temple like from afar where it looks like a fortress and then they do more of the nitty-gritty which is them in just a arctic looking area with some cgi and just some stage design so it doesn't necessarily have to be like they can have cool sweeping vistas uh for some of it but i'm sure budgets will limit them to how much they can do of that
0: absolutely but these well, I mean, I, I'm wondering, too, if like, you know, they'll if they'll employ anything with like models, um, because I, Abigail and I just rewatched uh, Fellowship of the Ring uh, the other night. And I mean, oh gosh, so much of that, it, you know, when we first see the Tower of Barad-dur, like it is this incredible model, but it looks just so sinister and lifelike and real and you know, just by putting in that amount of detail, you know, that, that just, that can make such a huge difference. And it's a way of doing things that is, it has worked in terms of creating that illusion. And it'll be really interesting to see if they attempt to go down that route. Um, Because again, there's greater technology to be able to blend stuff like models in with actual, uh, you know, footage now so i don't know it'll be really interesting to see their choices and what they do one thing i will say just to kind of top off this point is that um over the past several months um brian kanetsko he typically shares uh you know just his own kind of life experiences uh, through his instagram stories and there was a stretch during the winter where they uh he was traveling with friends to these different places in like the grand tetons uh, and uh, other parts of the west coast these kind of snow-filled areas and there's just as you're looking at this he's filming as they are driving by these woods or driving by these kind of snowy tundras and i i watched this and like couldn't help but think of like i mean is this just him pulling inspiration or are we potentially seeing like future locations that we're going to see in this show. And it was just really exciting to consider that. But at the bare bones, you know, he's getting inspired, uh, which is really cool. Um, So kind of, you know, the last part of this uh, announcement, uh, he talks about on both the original series and Quora, when we were at this stage in the production, the projects hadn't even been announced yet. The difference with this Netflix series is that you all heard about it just a little bit after we started. So it will seem like a longer wait but we can assure you that everyone is making good use of that time so we can craft something beautiful and emotionally powerful. So as we've kind of been saying throughout this, this whole time, um, you know, they clearly know what they need to focus on and they are communicating that to us, the fans. And it's incredibly encouraging to know that this is where their priorities lie and, to know that we're you know, going to be getting updates along the way from them on the show. We're not going to be left in the dark, which is great for us, because we get to have episodes like this where we get to talk about it. <laughs> but overall, we're really going to see, you know, along with them, this journey of this massive undertaking. Um, and the last thing I want to kind of touch on here, of course, they... Uh, you know, say also so we can make sure Appa is cute. We have touched on that, and I'm excited to see how they how they uh, capture Appa. But um, they said we'll be starting the casting process before too long. So if you're aspiring to be a part of this thing, keep taking acting lessons and some martial arts movement classes. We'll announce how, when, and where to audition soonish. So of course, as we know, in the last time that Avatar was brought to the live-action realm, one of the biggest controversies behind it was the whitewashing of the casting. And we know that Mike and Brian, from their initial announcement, said that they are planning on casting ethnically diverse actors to capture you know, the diversity in the Avatar world. So we know that that is a priority. And it's really cool to know that, again, they are reaching out through this medium. You're going to have casting agents. You're going to have the people at Netflix, your resources, and all of that kind of stuff. But what's really amazing about the world of film and TV is that sometimes that landmark role is comes from somewhere where you don't expect it at all. An actor who comes out of the woodwork, or maybe it's their breakthrough role. And what's going to be really interesting is that, again, we're talking about kids. This is, uh, the main protagonist is 12-year-old boy, Katara, 14, Sokka, 15, Zuko, 16. So...
2: follow-up comment to that. Yes. Do you think they stick to that age range, or do you think that they try to go for a broader audience and up the ages a little bit?
0: Mm. The Game of Thrones
2: showed that you could do younger people, because, I mean, a lot of the Starks were, you know, they've got to be teenagers. They just are being played by, like, 25, 30-year-olds, but...
0: That's a really good point. Um I mean it's interesting. Like do they go for the broad appeal, do they go
2: for sticking to what the I guess the purists would more want? Well, I
1: mean or even just having to do younger too because the kids are going to get older throughout the series and I mean
0: That's don't a very really good point.
1: huge aging in the series so they might have to get kids that are young but might look slightly older too.
0: That's a really good point, because again, that's something that you kind of see. I mean, I just remember when we made it to this last season of Game of Thrones, all of the comparison photos that everyone was kind of posting online of seeing, you know, Maisie Williams when she was Arya in season one versus when she's in season eight and just like how much she changed and evolved as an actor and like all the behind the scenes that they did and how much she said that it's it was so much of it was a part of her life for so long and i mean that's going to be the big ask for whoever signs on to be these characters in this show is that i mean this is going to be a commitment because if they are going to be doing this series and i assume not condensing it into one book versus you know per season You know, this is going to be a long time for them to be invested in this, and like you guys said, they're going to be aging. So how do you make that happen? But I don't know. It's it's you know, Abigail and I were talking about this the other night because we were we were like we were debating Kutara or Katang and Zutara, and it was really interesting because you know so much of the you know the side of where Zutara stands from is that you know. Zuko and Katara seem more appropriate together in age, and that Aang is this young boy. And the point that I kind of brought up was like, yeah, but you couldn't have Avatar without Aang being this kind of naive, optimistic young kid who grows and changes and grows up over the course of the show. So I don't know. What I mean, that's a really interesting point that you guys brought up, and it's gonna be. Fascinating to see how they address that with their casting and what that's going to mean for the future of the show as well. Because, I mean, if they go over multiple seasons, I mean, it doesn't mean that they expand the timeline of the show. Is it like Sozin's comic coming over the course of two years instead of just next summer um, in order to kind of keep that realistic sense of, you know, here we are. Because it can't be like five years later And be like well it's only been ten months But it looks like I've aged five years
2: <laughs> And all of a sudden Aang Just has this deep baritone like, <laughs> I don't know if this, this is lining up With how I envision this going well, And that's
1: probably the hardest Part too is Puberty hits everybody differently Yeah Like You can't predict that
0: mm. Which just makes their job Even harder <laughs> So it's like, how are we going to manage that? But either way, it's going to be really interesting. And I think that the main thing, again, especially for our main characters, is getting a kid who is going to be able to embody Aang's just free spirit and that just love of life and fun. And, you know, and then again, Sokka being, you know, being funny like that's all we need my goodness that's still to this day one of like the hardest parts about the movie that shall not be named they completely stripped away his comedy that was the saddest part like, oh, we'll descend into this before too long but um but yeah so i don't know and, and to kind of close things out you know we want to hear from uh you guys our listeners uh what are some of your thoughts after this announcement in terms of you know what do you think Do you think that, you know, are you happy with uh, the delay that's going to be happening? Um, Do you have any theories or predictions in terms of, you know, what this means? Do you have any ideas of, you know, how things should go in terms of the CG and the background art and everything? Are you planning to audition for the show? Uh, Either way, we want to know. So uh, reach out to us on our social media. Um, You can, of course, find us on Facebook. And uh, Instagram at the Legend of Portalcast on Twitter at Portalcast Pod or visiting our website legendofportalcast.com. Um, so we want to hear from you guys. Feel free to shout out to us uh, because we would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, so to kind of wrap things up, any closing thoughts about this whole announcement and thoughts moving forward, you guys?
2: I wonder if they take one more pot shot and just have Ang go, I see dead avatars. <laughs>
1: Oh, God, Kevin, why? <laughs> and it's even worse because that came from He Who Shall Not Be Named. So it's just like this layered joke that's just.
2: I feel off. like uh, Bugs Bunny when he's doing, like, Hello, Milady, and all of a sudden you just see, like, the <laughs> shepherd's crook just come out from the side of the stage and just yank him up. And yep. on that note. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: my uh. goodness. Uh
1: Yeah, I'm certainly excited about it. I mean, I while there's definitely the fan in me that doesn't want to wait, (laughs) um, you know, I, I appreciate that their focus right now is really on making sure that they help bring this together and kind of, you know, they get redemption for their original show and they get to redeem the show in general from one of the last productions that were made. So, I mean, there's a lot of positivity surrounding you know the expectations and the hopes for the show, and I'm really hoping that they keep rolling with that because, you know, it's not like we aren't already sold on it. You know, we love the original show, we loved what they created, and you know, we're all really excited at the idea that they might be able to not only give us something that we love still, but to to give us more than we got before. You know, it's like getting something you wanted for Christmas, and then like coming back the next year and finding out that somebody is going to give you all the really cool accessories to go with it you know it's like oh cool (laughs) you bought me like this cool series of action figures and then like coming back you know 10 15 years later and going oh you still have all those action figures here here's all the settings and the cool props and things that go with it to kind of like expand on your experience and make it even cooler you know it is you know we're getting what we want but even more in the end and so i'm really looking forward to this
2: cool yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Like a good Christmas present. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to, as someone who read like all the Game of Thrones books and then watched the show, I think the biggest thing I hope that I do and that everyone else is able to do is that we kind of look at them as two different masterpieces that they're going to do. They've done a great animated series, it was awesome. I'm going to try and mentally put that in, that was awesome, in a different box. And just try and approach this with, I want to see what they can do in live with a different story. I'm not going to be like, oh, why didn't they do this exact little thing in the story? I'm going to go, no, let's see, let's see what's coming up. I'm going to try and look at it with fresh eyes if I can. Mm.
0: With eyes unclouded. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much again for joining me for this little mini-sode here. Um, And uh, again, uh, you know the ways to reach out to us. um, And uh, be sure to uh, stay tuned because as this news comes out over the next few months and over the next year, you best believe that we're going to be talking about it. We're going to be covering it. And we are so excited to be on this journey with you all. So thank you all so much again for your support. But until next time, let us leave.